welcome to None of This Is Real. <laughs> it's a podcast for all things mysterious and weird. I'm Doomsday Domini. And I'm Sarah St. Cole. For some reason, every time you talk, I just want to giggle. I don't know why. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a radio announcer voice to make up for my sniffly nose problems. That's what I was that's what I was assuming, but it's very it's highly <laughs> in, amusing to me. I'm Doomsday Tamini. I'm not sick. I'm on the radio. I'm not full of snot. I'm professional. <laughs> I'll just do okay. that the whole entire time. We're definitely not professional. Let's not pretend here. <laughs> I like to play pretend. Yes, I'm very professional, as I am in a onesie again, <laughs> surrounded by umbrellas. I'm a grown lady. You are a, a grown busy lady. busy businesswoman. I am suffering from a cold, so y'all, I might have to stop and try- it Also, I might have to stop and blow my nose. And also, you see I'm drinking out of this coffee cup. You can't see, y'all, but Sarah can. I can see it, yes. That's a There's orange cup. juice in here because I'm a child. <laughs> I'm going to drink my OJ from a coffee cup so I look like mommy. <laughs> I don't know I what that means. I turn into a six-year-old when I'm sick. I'm just like, no, I don't want to do anything. You know what? I've known you since we were, what, in sixth grade? That does not surprise me. <laughs> oh, my God. So, hey, Sarah, I have a question for you. Oh, oh, what is it? It's something I've never asked you before, ever. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I'm on the edge of my seat. Has anything weird or mysterious happened to you lately? Um, well, let's see. For the last week or so, there's been these weird cat noises happening outside of our house. And every time we go outside, we're like, can't see anything. There's nobody there. We go, and the cats don't, nobody comes. You go, and it doesn't work. Yeah, you go, and that stuff, and it doesn't work. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, no, has another cat come to claim us as their family? God help us. Um, and then the other day, Levon and I were sitting there, and it, and it's not a, like a pitiful cat mewing like the last one, like Spidey did, the last kitten that showed up. It's like those weird cat sounds that sound like they're trying to speak English, where they're like, Oh, no. That's a demon. Nope. You got a demon come out of your cat portal. I'm sorry to tell you. Well, the other day, it was happening again. So we ran outside, and we finally saw the cat that was doing it. And it was this cat we've seen around before. Just standing there staring at us and Spidey. And I thought that cats don't meow at each other. I thought I had read before that cats only meow to humans because they're like, hey, you make noises. You'll get something from this. Meow. Uh But they were doing that to each other. They were standing there uh, far apart and going like, and then one would go. I was like, what the hell is happening? They were saying, did you get the human sacrifice yet? Not yet. I'm working on it. Yeah, I do feel like they're plotting something for sure. Oh, so wow. I don't know what's going on out there, but the cats are speaking almost English to each other. They're everywhere. We're surrounded. <laughs> and you live in a cat portal. Uh-huh. Yeah. If anyone were going to live in a cat portal, it would be someone in my family. Yeah. I wish it was my dad because he's the one that's like, goddamn cats. 
So he's the one that <laughs> deserves to be in the cat portal, but unfortunately it's me this time. My Aunt Kim has seven cats, so we're just a family that likes cats too much. They're, I mean, they're cute little demon creatures. They're sweet. They're cute and... little conspiring demons coming out of the portal. So yeah, anyway, what, hap- what weird thing are you going to tell me about? Well, it just started snowing. I see little snowflakes. Oh, fun. Window. It's finally cold enough uh, to snow. Uh, yeah, for a minute. And the other night, Jay and I were sitting on the porch because it was like 65 degrees at night. So weird. Uh, in January. Really <laughs> January. January. Okay. Why did I say it like that? Anyway. I don't and know. We were listening to the storm. There was a storm. It was like a thunderstorm in January. So freaking weird. Anyway, there was lightning, and we saw lightning three times. And to me, it looked like it was moving across the sky. It looked like the first strike was to the left of me and then more in the center. And then we saw a third one that seemed to me like it was off to the right. And we didn't see like a lightning bolt because it was really cloudy. We just saw flashes of light. And the third one, I saw that it was like green but I didn't say anything until Jay said something so I said wow that was weird and he goes yeah it was green and I was like okay so you what? saw that too like what the we heck? saw green, green lightning. lightning what in the is that I a thing know. he it's, didn't google so we, it he did Jay googled it right there right then and there in that moment and he said that on the internets it says that there's no it doesn't happen naturally. Like green lightning shouldn't actually happen. So I don't know so what that was. Is there a mad scientist in Asheville? Probably. Generating lightning. I was going to say maybe it was like a breaker exploding. Sometimes that happens when the weather's really bad. And that looks, but I don't, I've never seen it look green. I thought last time I saw it, it looked more blue, but you never know. Well, it was probably aliens is my guess. Yeah. Yeah. A mad scientist was summoning aliens. We have an alien summoner here. <laughs> if there was going to be one, it would probably be in Asheville. Of course. Of course. What a, no better place to summon aliens. Actually, there's a lot of great places to summon aliens. Um, <laughs> List them now for me. Well, one is Los Angeles, because that's where I saw someone do it. <laughs> in the middle of LA. It was pretty great. Anyways, I did have a couple of little recommendations before we start. One of them is related to our last episode. Um, I watched the Dracula miniseries on Netflix, and I wanted to tell you about Ooh. it so bad. That sounds fun. <laughs> I don't think anyone anything will ever replace in my heart the Dracula that came out years and years ago with Gary Oldman. I am Dracula. I mean, nobody can replace Gary Oldman. And, but No, and Keanu Reeves. Come this on. This is three... This is three episodes. I think they're an hour and a half long. And so it's like watching three movies, basically. And it's so... I really enjoyed it. It's fun. Like, it's a little campy. It's just campy enough to make you not totally grossed out. It's a little gross and bloody because it's a vampire. As we learned last week, vampires are hella gross. They are absolutely disgusting. But there's twists, there's turns, there's all the vampire lore. They address it and they talk about it. They talk about like why 
there's a whole thing about why vampires don't like the cross. It's great. And then oh, it's nice. I don't want to. Another big name comes in to another big fictional name comes into the mix and then don't want to spoil it. But y'all go watch it. It's really fun I'll have to watch it. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I just watched that old version of Dracula in the right time of my life to just like. I'm sure that it's not as good as I remember. I haven't seen it in years, but I'm pretty sure Tom Waits plays Renfield. What? No way. I want to say it's Tom Waits, which just makes it even better. Oh my God. I have to watch that. I've never seen that. Yeah. There's also Interview with a Vampire, which I remember when that came out and everyone was like, this movie is so good. Oh, sexy vampires. And I was just like, God, they're (laughs) annoying as fuck. They were all so annoying to me. They were all just like the hipsters we have now, basically. Yeah, super pretentious, blood-sucking buttholes. <laughs> Pretty much. Anyway. And then so I also wanted to text you and tell you to listen to this um, episode of Call Your Girlfriend. Do you know that podcast? I've never listened to it, but I know I've heard of it. Okay, so listen to this episode of Call Your Girlfriend called Armchair Edibles Experts. Oh, okay. Where one of them gives a complete hilarious review of cats. She, oh, no. So she ate an edible and went and saw cats. Oh, no. <laughs> you have to listen to it. It's really fun. I definitely have to listen to that. Anyways, those okay. are my recommendations. Okay, thanks. I've been listening to the early episodes of this podcast called How Did This Get Made? Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. And it cracks me up. I love it, even when I've not seen the movies. But they talked about this movie, and this was from like seven years ago, and the movie's even older than that, but it's came out after 2000. I can't remember what year it came out because I can't remember anything. But it's, speaking of Gary Oldman, it stars Gary Oldman as a little person for some reason. Wait, how did and they do that? I don't know. Apparently it's not very good CGI his legs out. I don't know. So it's Matthew McConaughey and Kate Beckinsale and they're like going to get married. And then he never told her that his whole family are little people and he's the only quote unquote normal sized person. Right. And then she gets pregnant and she's like, Oh my God, the baby might be a little person. And Peter Dinklage is in it. And he's like some French little person resistance fighter guy. (laughs) What in the world? And Patricia Arquette, right. Does what I sound like to you, What does what I just described sound like a comedy? Like it could be a comedy? It would have to be a yeah. comedy? No, yeah. it's a freaking straight up drama, apparently. Oh my God. And it's very problematic. Oh my God. So, so on so many levels. Very impossible too, from what I know. Um, yes, scientifically impossible. Scientifically <laughs> It's yeah. Um, no, just no to all of that. Except I love. Oh no, Peter the whole Dinklage, thing. But and I love Gary Oldman. What is he doing taking that role? Get I so do why not though? Because know. there's plenty of little people who act. Why would they? Anyway, I don't, very problematic I don't know. all around. I don't know. I wanna. I have this now. I just have this morbid curiosity where I'm like, I kind of need to see this train wreck of a movie. Let's eat an edible. Oh my god! And watch it. <laughs> Let's eat edibles and watch this god-awful movie. (laughs) I know I love bad movies, but, you know, good bad movies. Good bad movies, exactly. Yeah. 
Shall we get to the point? Yeah, let's do the thing we came here to do. All right. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about two forms of divination that are loosely related to one another. Scrying and dousing. I don't know if you've ever heard of these two things. If you haven't, we're going to tell you all about about them right after I blow my nose. Okay. Okay. I think the next episode we, we do about divination should be about scatomancy and what's the other one called where you look at your pee what is that a thing uromancy yes it's a thing what yes no i will not i want you know that i won't look at my poop well i'm not asking you to look at your poop we just have to talk about it i mean if we really want to you know (laughs) do our do our duty as truth seekers we would definitely have to look at our poop (laughs) I can't do it. I can't do it. You never. You don't look at your own poo in the toilet. Nope. Never. I mean, I, okay. You're weird. I think everybody looks the, at their poo. I'll do the pee. I'll do the pee one. The Euromancy. So okay. I guess you can't throw the toilet paper in there on top of your pee. You just have to look at the pee. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how it works. We'll have to. We'll do some research. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. Luckily, this yeah, week we we're not to. talking about poos and peas. No, just like water and crystal balls and stuff. Okay, so I will tell you my sources. <laughs> okay. Uh, my sources are lonerwolf.com. It's an article called Scrying, How to Practice the Ancient Art of Second Sight with Pictures. Um, an Ooh, npr.org article by Camilla Dominoski called... Um, UK water companies sometimes use dousing rods to find pipes. <laughs> and oh. a psychics for today, the number four, dot com article called Beginner's Guide to Dousing Rods by Alyssa Monroe and the venerable Wikipedia. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay. So first I'm going to talk to you about scrying. I'm scrying over, over you. you. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. The definition Sorry. is foretelling the future using a crystal ball or other reflective object or surface. It can also be called hydromancy, crystal gazing, and oculomancy, Ooh. depending on what you're looking into. Right. So when people say, I'll look into it, that maybe they mean a crystal ball. You never know. Probably. Or their pee Most likely. <laughs> or, the, or the toilet bowl. <laughs> the word scrying comes from the old English word descry, which means to make out dimly or to reveal. And scrying is all about revealing the unseen through use of our natural ability uh, to see things that can't normally be perceived through our five senses. And one of the articles I read... Um, emphasize that that like it's not that you're getting some message that you wouldn't normally be able to see or seeing the future it's more about like seeing what's already there enhancing your natural abilities sure one of the articles said quote the future can't be seen it can only be speculated based on present moment information yes that that's pretty scientific of an explanation there yeah i like it what are those people called futurists there's a word for people who make predictions. It's mostly based around like tech and stuff mm. where they're like, in the year 2050, 
we'll all have robots up our butts. I mean, just watch The Simpsons and you'll get great predictions. You, that's all you need to do. Yeah. It'll be fine. So scrying was first mentioned in the 10th century by an ancient Persian text called the Shahnameh. I think that's how it's pronounced. Oh, and of course... I know somebody cre- named Shahnameh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Shahnameh. Nice to meet you. I'm an ancient text. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah, I feel like it today. My pages <laughs> are falling apart, y'all. Oh, no. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, Shana May. so it's an ancient practice. It's been used in different variations and different cultures for a long time um, in one version or another because it helps get in touch with the unconscious mind. And of course, when Christianity rose to power, scrying was outlawed and called the work of the devil. Making all my weird stuff evil. It ain't evil, it's just weird. (laughs) It ain't evil. Okay, so without further ado, a how-to guide. Oh, yay. Okay. Usually, scrying is performed... With the use of a reflective surface, such as a mirror, water, or a crystal ball. However, there are many other forms. So you can use wax, and this is done by dripping hot wax onto a watery surface. So in a bowl of water or whatever. And then you can interpret the images or words that form as you drip the wax onto the water. Some people use clouds, called cloud gazing, as a form of scrying. And this is sounds like the most fun to me, where you just observe the uh, the shapes that the clouds form. You just lay down and go, that looks like a bunny. Like you did yeah. when you were a kid? Yeah. I mean, okay. but you would have, like, you'd have a question in mind or something, right? So you'd be like, oh, that means I see a bunny. That means I'm going to be pregnant. Or I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I sure. don't want to see any bunnies. Okay. You can use a mirror, which is one of the classic ways. It's probably the most popular form, and this is called catoptromancy. Catoptromancy? Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Did you just sneeze? (laughs) I like it. I God, I need to sneeze, and I can't sneeze under pressure like this. (laughs) Don't look at me. Catoptromancy. (laughs) Catoptromancy. (laughs) This involves relaxing your vision and staring into a mirror. After a while, images and scenes will begin to emerge. And I wrote in parentheses, nope fucking thanks. Yeah, we already did that in the Bloody Mary episode. I can't do that with a mirror. Oh, you and I did it together. Yeah. Yeah, and then your mom got in on the action. Well, And I was scared already, even with you and my mom there. So (laughs) I'm not going to be doing any catoptromancy. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. Um, water, you can stare into water and images will be perceived after a time. Also objects such as pebbles can be dropped into the water to create ripples and you can interpret the ripples. Um, you can use oil or you pour oil into a dish (laughs) and it says you can rub it on the body and observe the light reflected off of the oil for information that one seems really difficult actually i don't yeah what i I mean i put coconut oil all over my body on a regular basis and i've never seen anything except for my dry ass skin (laughs) you need to watch how the light reflects off of your oiled up elbows (laughs) 
Next time, next time I lube up, I'll be like, "Ooh, what does my future hold?" Oily arm. Yeah. Okay. Then there's fire is possibly the most ancient form of scrying. And of course, this involves gazing into the flames for info, which I've totally done on a regular basis. Yeah, I think it's human nature to stare at a fire. It's yeah. hypnotizing. Um, smoke, kind of like the fire. Uh, you can interpret the smoke coming from the fire. You can use a crystal, um, a crystal object like a ball or a globe to stare into. And here's a... Uh, one that sounds like it might be very awkward. You're someone else's eyes, so <laughs> it's hey, also we've called... done that before too. Yeah, we did do that. I didn't get any messages though. We I, we should try it again. No, because we couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> so it's called soul gazing or eye gazing, and this form of scrying involves looking deep within a person's eyes and observing their reflections. Okay. Okay. Sure. Why not? So. You can do any of that, but for my little how-to guide, I'm going to focus on using water, also known as hydromancy. You will need a bowl, water, a couple candles, a lighter or matches, a crystal or small object, a table, and darkness. (laughs) All right, hold on just one second. Let me go get everything ready. Just kidding. I will try this. This is this doesn't seem as scary to try because you're not staring into a, a mirror. And I don't know why. It's just... It doesn't freak me out as much because it's like still a reflective surface. But um, in a darkened room, fill your bowl with water or you can collect rainwater. Place uh, your crystal or whatever object you would like to place in there into the bowl. This is just to help focus your eyes. So it could be anything. You light the candles. You meditate or use a drum to enter a trance-like state. And then you stare into your bowl of water. Relax your eyes and meditate on your intention or your question and observe any images that arise without trying to hold on to them because you got to stay relaxed. And that's it. And you probably already have all the stuff. Sounds easy. Yeah. Yeah. We should try it. We should do another Instagram live and we'll try. Try scry. Try the scry. (laughs) Delicious this time of year. Mmm, delicious. You turkey buzzers (laughs) out there, you, you try it too. You stare into a bowl of water and tell us what you see yeah email us but, you know do the do all the steps and get into take a it seriously take it seriously gosh you guys everything's not a joke i take okay? everything i take everything so seriously <laughs> so serious okay and then i'll quickly go over dousing as well so the definition of dousing is A technique for searching for underground water, minerals, or anything invisible by observing the motion of a pointer, which is traditionally a forked stick, or sometimes now people use a pair of bent wires. Oh, or they like monitor the changes in direction of a pendulum. It's also called water witching. And dousing is like scrying, tapping into your innate human ability to find water or other objects. Okay, so I got just a tiny bit of history. I didn't want to go too deep into it, but dousing is another ancient practice that has many accounts through history, but the way it is practiced today may have originated in Germany during the 16th century when it was used in attempts to find metals. Oh, not water, metals. 
Metals, yeah. So without further ado, yet again, here's another how-to guide. All right. Which you can try at home. So you'll choose a stick or you can choose two metal rods. If you choose a wooden stick, you want to try to find one that has a forked end and you'll hold each end of the fork with both hands, right? So and then the one straight end will be sticking out. And the branch should be held at arm's length away from your body without letting it move up or down. Um, And then you follow your intuition and the branch's subtle movements will lead you to find what you're searching for. So it doesn't have to be water, but typically it's water. Um, If you're using metal rods, they usually come in a pair and each rod will be L-shaped. And to use these, you'll hold the short end of the rod in each hand and you'll walk with the long ends facing forward. Um, And it says for this to be effective, your arms should be about nine inches apart, which is oddly specific. Okay, yeah, that is oddly specific. (laughs) And then when those when those rods cross over each other, it means you're close to your target. So it just uh, tips are to breathe mindfully, stay focused, envision what you're searching for in your mind, tell your rod out loud or with your thoughts what you're searching for, walk slowly, and you can walk wherever you're being pulled, or you can move in a pattern so you know what ground you've already covered. That's smart. So we, we can we try talk- both of these things. Be fun. Okay. We've we've talked about the rods, the crossing rods, before when- on the ley lines episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This ep- this episode is going to be just a whole bunch of callbacks because a lot of the science turds I have are ones I've already dropped before on previous episodes. So I won't <laughs> go right. too far into them. A collection but- of science turds. Um, yep. Before I ask you the ever enduring question of life i have a fun fact oh okay i love fun facts Um, fun fact alert most of the water companies most of the major water companies in the uk occasionally use dousing rods to find underwater pipes according to an oxford phd student and science video producer who accidentally discovered that the practice is still in use 10 out of the UK's 12 regional and water and sewer facilities confirmed to Sally LePage, the researcher or science student, that they at least occasionally use dousing rods, also known as divining rods or witching sticks, to locate underwater, uh, underground water sources. Um, Many of the companies later emphasized that dousing is done by individuals, not as a company-wide policy, but it doesn't cost <laughs> any money. They don't pay the they don't pay the water witch. Um, That's it rude. sounds like something that they do when they're already on the job, and it doesn't cost any extra as far as like equipment and things. That's the okay. Take I was going to say, so they just like hand one of the workers a, a stick and go, "Hey, do this." Try this. Why not? Yeah. Hold your arms nine inches apart and walk and in a give square. It a go. <laughs> and get walk in consecutively smaller and smaller squares until you get right back to here. So, I have a question for you. I bet you'll never guess what it is. I don't know. I'm so I'm so excited to hear this question that you never asked me. <laughs> is any of that real? Uh <laughs> 
pro- I'm going to say probably not. <laughs> wow, like I can't I, believe. Are you surprised? I'm shocked. I'm utterly shocked. I want you to try I want you to try the scrying with me though, and we'll see. If I will. I'll try up. it. You know me. I'm open. We'll, we'll I'm, scry. Like I said, a flexible skeptic. Flexible. And I'm a what am I? A wiggly believer. <laughs> Something You're a like jiggly that. Jiggly skeptic, and I'm a watery believer. Wait, I can't even speak. You go ahead, please. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> Just, you, you know what you should do is blow. Next time you blow your nose, you could scry. <laughs> it's not scry. <laughs> Let me try it right now. Do you want me to try it right now? Um, Here we mucus, go. Mucus mancy? Mucomancy? <laughs> mucomancy? Wait, I need to have a question or an intention, though. Do you have any. Gosh. We'll do it at the end instead of the magic eight ball. How about that? And I'll think of something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll build up I'm some I'm mucus. Not, I'm glad I'm not in the same room with you while you do this. This is one Me where too. I'm glad we're not together. I don't want to get sick. Like poop and barf and other <laughs> things in life. I'm like, oh, that's whatever. It's fine. I worked with kids. But for some reason, snot and spit just really make me sick. Like they literally do. Yes, that too. But they also just make me feel nauseous. All right. Let me get my science turds out, and then we'll be done here. (laughs) Okay, get your science turds. Fish them out of the turlet. I'm going to fish them out and show them to you. Look at this. boy. I'm going to cite my sources. (laughs) Dowsing. The Pseudoscience of Water Witching by Benjamin Radford. How Does Water Dowsing Work by Dr. Christopher S. Baird. Is there any scientific evidence for dowsing? by Kieran Allen. Scrying mirrors. What are they and how to make and use them from spiritualgreatness.com. This is my favorite one. (laughs) I don't know if this is a typo or what, but also I recommend this entire article because it's very sort of catty, I think. (laughs) That's the best way to... Anyway, it's called How Explain Crystal Gazing. (laughs) Okay. And it's it's from a 1932 book called Riddles of Science. I don't Riddles I have to say of it that science. way. By Sir J. Arthur Thompson, who is so petty and catty. <laughs> and of course, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Um, what was that? <laughs> Your face and voice did a funny thing, and I wish people could have just seen you. Okay. (laughs) So, I'm going to first talk about scrying. And like I said, a lot of the stuff I'm going to cover is stuff we've already talked about before. And I'm just going to graze over it. Graze over it? What's the word I'm looking for? Glaze over it? No. Skim over it? Yeah, I'm just going to talk about it real quick. And if you want to know more, you can look it up or you can go listen to the rest of our 55 episodes and figure out which one I talk about. (laughs) Okay, so one explanation is uh, put forth by psychologist Leonard Zusen. Did you say a word? (laughs) Sure, I did. It's a name. Z-U-S-N-E. Sorry, Leonard. And uh, he, he says it might be the result of hypnagogic hallucinations so oh, yes, I remember are you talking about this yes we've talked about this I think on more than one episode but it's that transitional state between wakefulness and sleep where you're like 
about to fall asleep and your brain starts to do some crazy weird shit. I feel like that's what's happening to me right now. It's it's what happens to me all the time every day when I'm awake. Constantly <laughs> on the on the verge of dozing off. Um also I just call back real quick to the dream episode. The hypnagogic state can provide insight into a problem, the best-known example being August Kukule's realization that the structure of benzene was a closed ring while half-asleep in front of a fire and seeing molecules forming into snakes, one of which grabbed its tail in its mouth. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. Ouroboros? Ouroboros? The snake eats its tail? Anyway, so another scientist that made a discovery while either sleeping or falling asleep. Lots of other writers, artists, scientists have credited that state um, and it said that it enhanced their creativity. Beethoven, Salvador Dali, Thomas Edison, Tesla, and Isaac Newton. So that's pretty cool. So, you know, if you, if you have a problem and you want to figure it out, you don't have to look into a bowl of water, just doze off for a while. <laughs> Yeah, and then look, wake up and look at a fire. Apparently, there was a study done in 2001 at Harvard by a psychologist called Deirdre Barrett that found that hypnagogia, gogia, whatever, was li- especially likely to solve problems which benefit from hallucinatory images being critically examined while still before your eyes. It's better than dreams, she, that ah. study thinks. So depending on what your culture is and your personal beliefs, hypnagogic phenomenon could be interpreted as visions, prophecies, premonitions, apparitions, or divine or artistic inspiration. So that could be one explanation. It's just your brain putting shit together like we talked about on the dream episode because you're kind of um, hypnotizing yourself almost. You're you're tapping into the the part of your brain that you don't listen to while you're totally awake. Which goes along with the next explanation, which is self-suggestion or auto-suggestion. All which right. is related to the placebo effect, and it was developed by an apothecary named Emile Cui at the beginning of the 20th century. It's a self-induced suggestion in which you guide your own thoughts, feelings, or behavior. It's, you can use it in self-hypnosis, which we could do a whole episode about hypnosis, I think. That's interesting. Um, and basically, it's like if you go into a situation expecting things, like, oh, this is going to be scary, then you're going to interpret everything as scary. You know, so you're basically telling yourself, I'm going to, this is how this is going to be. So it is that way. You interpret everything that way. Uh huh. Yes. I do Autos- think everything is scary. I'm terrified. Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> There's, there are two kinds of self suggestion, which is intentional, which is where you, you make a conscious effort to tell yourself, I'm going to look at this this way. And then there is unconscious or spontaneous, unintentional auto suggestion, which is just a natural phenomenon. Of being a human, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also what we've talked about before, Troxler effect. Troxler fading, which is an optical illusion where we've talked about, you know, when you put something on your body, like a piece of clothing. If you think about it right now, as you're sitting here listening to my annoying voice tell you science crap, think, 
become aware of the way your clothes feel on your body. Like, just think about it. Okay. Like, feel your shoes on your feet. Feel fabric. Feel the tag on your shirt itching your neck because like, that happens to me all the time. Um, and because your brain does this thing where it's like if there's a stimuli that's constantly happening to you, you just stop noticing it. Like your smell in your house or your clothes on your body. You just stop noticing those things. If there's a bad smell around for long enough, you just won't smell it anymore. Because it's like, I already got it. It's in there. Moving on. So your house probably smells like shit and you don't know. <laughs> uh, with sight, it's called um, the Troxler effect. What's it called with feeling stuff? You don't have It might a... be the same thing, but I don't think so. I just, I don't think I have that uh, regarding one spot on my body. I'm sure it's there weird. are exceptions. It's just like, you know, yeah. you just, you're not constantly thinking about how your shirt feels on your body or whatever. We've talked about this before. I cannot wear anything around my waist, like a belt, nothing or nothing. And then like now it's so cute to wear like high-waisted stuff and a little crop top and I can't do it because the Troxler effect doesn't happen if I do that. <laughs> it doesn't work on my waist. It doesn't work on my waist. My new thing is cutting all the the elastic top. Like if a sock has a really tight elastic top, I have to cut it off. I can't. All day long, I'm like, <laughs> something is squeezing my leg and I hate it. So I think it's not a constant thing. If something bothers you, then you're aware of it. But otherwise, yeah. it's just like a random sensation. Huh. I guess. Like, I guess I have, we both wear glasses. You know, if I thought about it, I could probably be annoyed with the feeling of glasses on my face all day. Well, now I am. Get these things off me. <laughs> God damn it. Would I never tell you when I was little, like, well, I first started wearing glasses when I was around 10. So for the longest, I would have to take my glasses off when I ate. Like we would sit down for dinner and I would take my glasses off. I don't know why. I couldn't eat when they, like, something on my face. They moved when you chewed? I don't know. I just wasn't used to my glasses, I guess. <laughs> well, I got my glasses when I was eight and I hated them. I don't know why, just because they were annoying and I had to wear them all the time so i hid them inside the part of the my barbie corvette where the barbie's legs go and i drove the barbie corvette under the <laughs> bed and said i lost my glasses and then i got in a whole bunch of trouble when my mom found them. <laughs> you little turd mm -hmm. i am a turd all right so back to the science <laughs> okay okay so the troxler effect like i said it's an optical thing so if there is no, what am I trying to say? So if you fixate on a particular point, um, all the stuff around it, like remember when we, st well, I did this. I stared at my face in the mirror and it, if I just looked at my nose, then my eyes started disappearing and doing weird stuff. It's basically like if there's no stimulus, then your brain just starts filling it in. Yeah. And it's it the, the effect is enhanced if the stimulus is small or if it's blurry or it's dark. So like water or the thing I just told you to do step by step. Yes. In my how-to guide. And, and think about the Troxler effect and how your glasses are driving you crazy. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote from how explain crystal gazing real quick. Because this is just too funny to me. So this is Sir J. Arthur Thompson. 
There are some old records of crystal gazing, with good names to them, too, that we cannot explain in the least ex we cannot in the least explain in scientific terms. But we know how difficult it is to get accurate records of what happened no further back than yesterday. For the great majority of cases, we think our theory holds that crystal gazers are people with very keen visualizing power, and that the pictures they see are revivals of previous experiences, sometimes kept in mind, sometimes surging up from the subconscious. That there can be divination of the past or the future by any form of scrying, we do not for a moment believe. <laughs> not for one moment, sir. Not for one moment, sir. And don't you dare suggest it. Oops, I'm sorry I suggested it. <sighs> How dare you. All right, now my dousing turd. <laughs> Gross. Okay. <laughs> so science writers, this I found very interesting, dating all the way back to 1877, which is like when we didn't know anything about anything still, you know, relatively speaking. That's when they still thought women's uteruses moved around their bodies. <laughs> yes, don't do a handstand for crying out loud. So the fact loud. that people... Please don't. Oh, God. No man will ever want you if you can't have babies. All right. So science writers dating all the way back to 1877 have considered the movement of dousing rods to be the result of the unconscious muscular action or... Bum, bum, bum. The ideomotor reflex, which I've talked about several times also I've heard you say that before yes it's derived from the terms ideo which is obviously idea or mental representation and motor which is the muscular action so basically you think something and then your body unconsciously reacts to it in a very tiny motion kind of like a pain reflex where like if you think about like if someone pokes you with a pin, even if you tried really hard, you you couldn't not flinch away from it. So like right. just your just your thinking can um, create that action. So the dousing apparatus, that's a good band name, is known to amplify slight movements of the hand, which would make it susceptible to a dowser's subconscious knowledge or perception, and also to confirmation bias. This is widely accepted amongst the scientific community and also by some in the dowsing community. So a 2019 study of automatic pendulum movements used a motion capture system to show that pendulum illusion is produced when the fingers holding the pendulum generate an oscillating frequency close to the resonant frequency of the pendulum. At an appropriate frequency, very small driving movements of the arm are sufficient to produce relatively large pendulum motion, which huh. makes sense. There were dowsing studies from the early 20th century by geologist John Walter Gregory of the Smithsonian Institution, which concluded that the results were a matter of chance or explained by observation clues from the ground surface. 1943 to 1944, geologist W.A. McFadden tested three dowsers in Algeria. The results were entirely negative. Uh, 1948, in New Zealand, P.A. Ongli tested 75 dowsers' ability to detect water. None of them was more reliable than chance. Blah, 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 1959. Archaeometrist? archaeometrist which is someone i didn't know this so i looked it up who uses like carbon dating and other things to date um 
things found in archaeological digs. Okay. So this guy's name was Martin Aitken. He tested a British dowser named P.A. Rain. P. Rain. <laughs> ah! Oh, I love it. And what a good name. Rain, it's a great name for a dowser, but he, he failed to locate the buried kiln that had been identified by a magneto, magnetometer? 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 Yeah, that thing. You know. Those yeah, things. of course, of course. <laughs> Everybody knows what those are. Um, in 1971, this is so funny. There are so, so many. Usually I don't get this much of a great list just right off the bat of like study, 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 just short and sweet. I think these all came from Wikipedia. I can't remember. But apparently everyone has been like, really, though, you're finding water with the stick. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's check this out. In 1971, dowsing experiments were organized by a British engineer, R.A. Fox. Everyone has initials for some reason. On behalf of the Ministry of Defense. And the results were, quote, no more reliable than a series of guesses. In 78, two physicists reported experiments where they searched for unusual electromagnetic fields emitted by the dowsing subjects and they did not detect any. So I guess that was a theory, that they were electromagnetized. Um, in 79, two scientists examined a bunch of different studies of dousing for water and found that none of them showed better than chance results. So many, so many studies. And they're all, all of them conclude that it's just as good as guessing. Anyway, James Randi said, While we were there, we designed a series of tests, as I have done in many countries around the world, to test the fork stick or the pendulum or the coat hanger wires or whatever. Some people do it with their hands. And we did it in Kassel, Germany two years ago, a very definitive set of tests. And of course, it proved that the law of averages works quite well, but dousing doesn't. Oh, here's a good quote. In the book, Divining the Future, Prognostication from Astrology to Zoomancy, whatever that means, animals, I guess. <laughs> Just watch your cat run around the yard and be like, oh, that's what that means. So in this book, Eva Shaw writes, In 1556, De Re Metallica, a book on metallurgy and mining, written by George Agricola, discussed dousing as an acceptable method of locating rich mineral sources. This reference to De Re Metallica is widely cited among dousers as proof of its validity, though there are problems, and the one I want to talk about is a logical fallacy called the appeal to tradition which is basically just because a practice has endured for hundreds of years doesn't mean it's valid. Doesn't mean it's not valid, but doesn't mean it's valid either. Right, right, right. Here's another quote from James Randi. His book, Encyclopedia of Claims, Frauds, and Hoaxes of the Occult and Supernatural, about even how dowsers aren't even totally in agreement about the basics of their profession. Quote, some instructions tell learners never to try dousing with rubber footwear, while others insist that it helps immeasurably. Some practitioners say that when divining rods cross, that specifically indicates water. Others say that water makes the roads, the rods diverge to 180 degrees. Basically, the whole, also the other thing is that there's so much groundwater, the odds are in your favor to find water. There's water uh-huh. in a lot of places. So don't worry. There's water under there somewhere. In closing, 
I have written here. <laughs> like Enclosing. it's some sort of paper. In closing, I will quote someone from some article I read somewhere in the hopes that it is one of the articles I cited. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice work. Science differs from the New Age and paranormal belief in that it progresses, correcting, and building on itself. Technology and medicine are continually advancing and refining. Designs and techniques are improved or abandoned depending on how well they work. By contrast, dowsers have not gotten any more accurate over centuries and millennia of practice. Ooh, snap. <laughs> I told you, some of this shit is catty. These people are serious. There's my science turds. Okay. Some of them were um, recycled turds that we've already talked about. Because, like, we always say the human brain is crazy and scary and weird and it will do shit that you don't want it to <laughs> that you didn't ask for so what do you think is any of that real eh, you know me i like to believe both so i'm more inclined to believe that every all the science turds about dousing because it does seem like you said there's groundwater everywhere and those studies are pretty legit but I don't know. I think maybe there are some people in the world. It's, it's kind of like when we talked about psychics. Like, I think that there might be some people who are, they have like some weird ability to find water. Possibly. I'm leaving room for possibility. The scrying okay. stuff, um, I, I, that is a, is a perfect example of where I believe both things are true at the same time. So it can work. Because okay. your brain is so crazy, right? Like, it can give you insight into something because it's making those connections, kind of like you said, um, or like we did in the dream episode. It's basically so. just a tool to get shit out of your brain that's in there. Yeah. Just like the artist and inventors falling asleep and going, oh, yes, that's it. <laughs> Eureka, yeah. as, it as it were. Yeah, I think so. I, th I mean, I think so. I think that... It can work, but there's maybe a scientific explanation as to why it can work. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would say, obviously, if if people have reported solving problems and having creative inspiration while, you know, on the verge of sleep or while meditating, that that would be, a, there is a scientific explanation for that. So, yeah, I don't, I, I would say I, I think it's rad and exciting and but I don't think there's anything mystical about it. I think there might be something mystical about it. That's where we that's <laughs> where we diverge. I think that it's possible that there could be not every time, like maybe most of the time it's your brain and maybe every once in a while there's a mystical thing that happens. But that's just me. Like what a ghost or something? Who's who's giving you the message? Where's it coming from? Um the universe, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I almost just got coffee just almost came out of my nose oh, and no, the universe told me that i need to go shopping oh my <laughs> right god now. it did Bye. tell me that it told me i need Bye. to blow my nose so i've been saving up a little mucus for oh, the last several minutes so do you have anything you want me to muke what did you call it mucomancing <laughs> mucomancy yeah that's good i like that you got any questions um, for my snot? Mm. This is gross. Mm. I'm sorry, y'all. If You can skip ahead if you don't want to hear me do this, but I'm going to try it. 
Oh my god. Um, okay. Well, I don't know. I don't have. I, don't, I can't think of anything. It has. To, I feel like it has to almost be like a personal question. Will one of us ever have a revelatory vision that solves a problem or results in a creative something? I don't know. Say it better than that. Okay. So <laughs> will words? Will will one of us? Will Sarah or I have a revelatory vision? That helps us solve a problem. Okay, let me just blow my nose real quick. Hold on. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. All right, well. I see. I'm watching you look at your snot intently. I'm sorry, I'm probably messing up your meditative state. <laughs> I'm not really in a trance-like state, so this may not work. Um, I see two. <laughs> That's why it's not gonna work. I see two <laughs> uh, spots on the Kleenex. Um, that's you and me. <laughs> um, the snot is mostly clear, so I think that that means we're we'll have a clearer vision at some point. Oh wow! Um, yes, the answer is yes. Yeah, we will. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, sure, sure. That wasn't disgusting at all. We just lost no, several no. listeners. Sorry. We love you. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with our all of our gross bodily function talk this episode. Hey, you know, I showed up here at the microphone, even though I don't feel good. So you guys can listen to me look at my snot, okay? <laughs> That's the price you pay. Oh, my gosh. If you don't like it, there's several other um, episodes where I don't do that. So, you know. If you don't like it, email your complaints to <laughs> none of this is real <laughs> podcast at gmail.com. Or send us your stories about your visions. Yeah. Have you ever used any of the things we talked about? Have you ever tried scrying? Have you ever found water with a stick? Tell us. <laughs> Have you ever found water with a stick? <laughs> sounds funny. Um, yeah. Send all your your gross snotty life is gross stories also we want those too and follow us on all the things you can slide into our dms or on instagram facebook twitter we have a patreon that you can support yeah all that we got oh, and a we red merch. bubble yep go to redbubble.com slash people slash n-o-t-i-r podcast yes i did that yesterday and they were having a little sale. There was a promo code where you could get a, I don't, some percentage off. And I bought our own merch. <laughs> I bought. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably going to do that too. I bought a sweatshirt with Carl Sagan on it. It says timelines are overlapping. Sarah drew this fabulous Carl Sagan. You've got to go see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the time this episode comes out, I'm going to already have listed another um, version of the timelines are overlapping design, which caused Lorenzo to shake his head in shame at me for every time he saw it. Oh my god! <laughs> I can't really believe funny. you did that to Einstein. It's so disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> you gave said. Carl Sagan face tattoos, so I did. Lauren keeps calling him um, Post Sagan. <laughs> post Sagan. Like post Malone. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so go look at our merch. Also, I, I added a sticker on there. It was the Magic 8 Ball that says question everything. So I'm going to have a sticker and a sweatshirt coming. And nice. What else? Um, the only other thing I have for you is just to remind you that you don't have to believe any of this. Oh, gosh, no. You've been listening. You should know by now. <laughs> you don't know believe better. anything we say, but you do have to believe on yourself. Believe all over yourself. Yeah, rub that belief all over your body and then look at your arm and and uh, maybe it'll answer your questions. Yes. Do that. Okay, <laughs> bye. Bye. Love you. <laughs>